Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 Join Rabbit and Red Radio Network on Patreon for exclusive shows, content, swag, and more. For the low price of $2 per month, you can join the family. So check us out at patreon.com slash network one That's patreon.com slash network the number one. Welcome to Grandpa's Playlist, the show where I play music and I hope you like it. Now, on with the show. Hello everyone, Paul here, also known as Grandpa the Nerd, and welcome back to another, I hope, fine episode of Grandpa's Playlist. I hope you guys are having a great weekend, and I hope you continue to have a great weekend. Um, I hope last weekend you enjoyed the uh, Roads on the Rocks. Um, That is one of the most awesome shows here. One of the best, not one of the best, the best music show on here. I know I have a music show, but it comes nowhere in comparison to Roads on the Rocks. So in case you did miss Roads on the Rocks, head over to the website. You can listen to it on demand. It's a great song. Uh, great song. It's a great show. Great music. Heavy. Just makes you want to break your walls down and, you know, kick your neighbor's dog. Um, Man, we won't kick any dogs here. But we can break down some doors. But yeah, head over there. Check it out. You, you'll regret not hearing it. And it's not like we're going to, you know, you're going to regret it because we're going to come break your legs or anything. Poe may come over and break your legs, because I can't control the man, but the rest of us, we're not going to bother you. But please, check out Roads on the Rocks if you missed it, and check him out next week, because I won't be here, but he will. 
So what do I have for you this evening? Well, I have one of the greatest albums of all time, and that is my opinion. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will agree with me, but for me, it's one of the greatest albums of all time. It's called Led Zeppelin II by, of course, Led Zeppelin. Um, this is their. Uh, this was released on October 22nd, 1969 here in the U.S., and then a few days later on Spooky Day on October 31st, 1969 in the U.K., now, I'm going to use a big word here, and I don't usually use in my vocabulary, but it was what I saw on the internet, so I'm using it. So basically, I stole this word from somebody, but how do you really steal a word? Um, this is one of their heaviest albums, and it is regarded as one of the quintessential heavy metal albums of all time. Um, I'm not going to get into into you know what's heavy metal and what's not, so I'll just say I kind of agree with this statement. It is a, it's a quintessential album for sure. Um if you don't listen to Led Zeppelin and you like rock and roll, somebody needs to take you outside and kick you like a dog. No, I'm just kidding. But Led Zeppelin is great. I don't understand how anybody don't like them. But, hey, you can't force your likes on other people and vice versa, even though people try. Um, six of these songs were written by the band, and the three other were versions, interpretations of Chicago Blues, Willie Dixon, and Howlin' Wolf. Um... So this is the beginning of their their blues, where they were mixing the, the the music their music style with blues, and it worked out well. It worked out perfectly, if you ask me. I know no one's asking me, so I'm just saying it worked out perfect. Now, I didn't get positive reviews. Rolling Stone mocked it as white blues, and let's be honest. Well, it is. How is that mocking? It, it's a bunch of white guys mixing blues, you know, from the black community into their music. And so, yeah, it is white blues, but they did it so well. It's awesome. So Rolling Stones can go fuck themselves. Um, Now, in 2003, here's what I don't get. I'm, I'm just let me just lay it out for you real quick. In 2003, um, they had it at number 75 out of the 500 greatest albums of all time. 70, 75. And then in 2012, they moved it to number 79, which, in my opinion, is, you know, how are you going to move it? It's If it's that great, leave it where it's at. Let everything else fall around it. But I don't write the magazine. I don't work for them. If I did, I would quit. And I wouldn't quite quit those fuckers. I would quit, like, burn the building down. No, I wouldn't burn the building down. But I would quit loud. And then, in 2014, it moved to 123. Come on now. Come on now. How in the hell did it move from 75 to 123? That just makes me mad. I can't believe Rolling Stone is that stupid. I don't read them. I'm the, I used to read Rolling Stone back in the day, but I don't list I haven't read a Rolling Stone in I don't know, probably decades cuz I don't care. They're I don't want to take my music advice. Look, I don't have anything wrong. I don't have anything against college and this, that, and the other. But I don't want to read an article about someone. I don't want to read someone's opinion on music who I don't know. As far as I know, they gave this college graduate, hey, do this Ozzy Osbourne review for me. Well, I don't really listen to Ozzy. Well, listen to it anyway and do a review. Well, of course, it's probably going to get ripped apart. I don't, that's why I don't like reviews. I don't know if this guy, if that genre of movie is what he likes. 
I don't know if this guy reviewing, you know, this WWE wrestling game is even a wrestling fan. So it's like, you know what? I'll try the games myself. I'll go on websites and read what the people say. The the best reviewer from the best type of review for me is the review that the people do. I'm not big on like I said. I don't even think about people going to college. If they want to go to college. They go to college. College, you know, it, it can be it can make you successful, but it doesn't make you an expert. But if you really like heavy metal music per se, and you write an article about heavy metal music. You know, I'm going to listen to you, but I don't know these people. So back then, you know, back in the 60s, I, 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 you know, back in these times, I don't know, but it agitates me that they moved it to 123. That's just crazy. I mean, in two years, 44 albums came out that were better than Led Zeppelin 2. I really doubt that. I, I really doubt that. But, you know, and it went gold in November of 69. In November of 69, it went gold. So Rolling Stones can get fucked because that was just a month. In one month or less, it went gold. So Rolling Stone, like I said, it's just proof that Rolling Stone don't know what they're fuck, Or at least then they didn't know what they were doing. I don't even keep up with Rolling Stone anymore. Um, in 1990, it was five times platinum. Five times platinum. And then by November of 99, it has sold over 12 million copies. It's 10 times platinum. 10 times. So Rolling Stone... You made a mistake. It's like the Clive Davis thing all over again. So, and then when it was reissued in 2014, it got put at number nine on Billboard. Billboard, I have a little bit more faith in because they just track the numbers. They're not. There's no opinion. There's nothing. It just track the numbers. Um, Spin Magazine has it at number five of the 25 greatest rock albums. I can't argue with Spin. Not another. Well, once again, I don't really read Spin, but I can't argue with that. And Q Magazine in 2000 said it was the number 37 of the 100 greatest British rock albums of all time. Now, I would have to say I wish it was a little higher. But then again, 37 out of 100 isn't bad. Um, And it is also listed in uh, 100 albums you must listen to before you die, which I concur very, very sternly. If you haven't heard this album by the time you die, you missed out. You missed out. And it debuted at number one in the UK and the US and was number 32 on the Billboard Soul Chart. So that's not bad. This album has some good stats, some good numbers. Um, Everybody loves a little bit of Led Zeppelin. I love a lot of Led Zeppelin. I love all their albums. You know, I don't love every song they've ever done, but I love, I for the most part, love their albums. And this one here, this album, you're probably going to know 90% of this album. You may know 100%. Are you going to like 100%? Some of you might. Some of you might not. But with that being said, I will stop rambling, and I will get in to the album. So let's check it out. All right? We're going to do this like I did last time in order, and then I'll come back, and I'll talk some stuff, and then we'll move to the next track, and to the next track, to the next track, until we are done, and I've put together a nice little show for you. So... What, so what, so, 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 getting tongue-tied here. So let's kick it off with the first track of the album. It is called A Whole Lot of Love.
All right, guys, that was a whole lot of love. That was the first single um, here in the States um, that they released in 69. Um, I was reading um, on the internet that they didn't release. Led Zeppelin never released a single, a single single in the UK. So I guess all their brothers and sisters in the, uh, in the, on the British Isle there had to just buy the entire album or just wait till it got played on the radio. So, wow. Um, this was adapted from Willie Dixon's You Need Love, which was recorded in 1962 by Muddy Waters. I love Muddy Waters. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but they're uh, they're a good blues band. Um, Dixon won a lawsuit in 1985 so he could get paid. Um, and then the B-side of that single was uh, Living Loving Maid, which, you know, this is another good song, but that's all I... My vocabulary consists of awesome song, good song, great song. I, you know, unless I do an album where there's some songs I don't like, I'm pretty much going to say this song's awesome, so just get used to it. Um, but yeah, they went, you know, this. there was a lawsuit. If you look up the song, You Need Love, you're like, yeah, uh-huh, they did. It, but... I don't know. People say there's a difference between stealing and paying homage or being influenced. And, you know, I'm not one to judge. I'm I'm kind of, you know, this whole copyright stuff's got me down because you can't do nothing on YouTube. I mean, I had a video. Well, I didn't have a video. I had a video put in one of the episodes of Living in the Past and the good old World Wrestling Entertainment. World Wrestling Entertainment. Ooh, yeah, WWE. They had the video pulled out of the, you know, black, you know, it, it's not in there anymore. Michael Jade fought the copyright and lost. So I'm not a big copyright person. Um, so, I mean, if they liked some lyrics and it made and it influenced them and they used it, he should have got paid, yes, because they made tons of money on it. But I don't think there's anything wrong in what they did. But that's just me. I Maybe I'm just a thief at heart. I don't know. So, but I I love that song. I don't remember so much the first time I heard it. I like to give a little personal reflection on it. I don't remember the first time I heard it, but man, I when I did, I do what I do remember about hearing this song is I couldn't get enough of it. So, a whole lot of love. You need fooling, baby. I'm cooling. I just, I just think it's a great song, and I just love the. Led Zeppelin's got a good sound. I mean, even their first album, where it didn't have so much blues in it, it was still a good album. I mean, you go like you go down later with physical graffiti and whatnot, and you get a little poppy. You know, it sounds a little, you know, you know, oh, 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 oh. You get a little poppy on some of their songs, or popish. I don't want to say poppy. Poppy's poppy's an actress that was on TV. Poppy Montgomery. Their, their songs they get a little. Their music turns a little bit of the pop sound. Later on, getting into the 80s. Um, but I still like it. But some music takes a long time for me to get used to. You know, sometimes I'll hear a song from a band and I'll be like, you know what? I'm not a big fan of this song. I don't go out and say the band sucks. I'm just like, uh, it's not a good song. And then sometimes you hear something so damn much that you end up liking it and you don't know why. I'll give you an example. I'll call myself out and... Get people to say, shame on you, Grandpa, shame on you. There was this game that came out called Burnout Paradise in 2008. Um, I worked, I, I, I forgot where, no, I, I bought the game because I like Burnout. I bought the game. And um, it's, there's a song on there by Avril Lavigne called Girlfriend. And I was always, it was always looping on the radio station in the game. And had Paradise City and other songs in there too, but this one kept looping. And at first, I'm like, "Oh, 
What in the hell is with this game? Why does it got to play this Avril Lavigne song over and over again? So all day long, I play in the game. Hey, hey, ho, ho, want to be a girlfriend? And it got on my nerves. Now, I like the song. Yes, I like Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. Do I listen to it on a regular basis? No. But when it comes on, I do a little dance in my head. Not publicly, but privately. You know, maybe in the car, I'll bounce around and act like an idiot until I get to a stoplight. So, yes, if you listen to a song, at least for me, if I listen to a song long enough, eventually it grows on me. Now, not every song grows on me, but usually they do. So, now that I've gotten way off track, that uh, with a whole lot of love, we're going to move on to the next song on the album, which is track two. As I go in order, you know, I figure I could be a rebel and not go in order, but for me, order is the best way to go. Order is the way of the world. So let's get on with track number two. This is what is and what should never be. Woo, check it out. And if I say to you tomorrow Take my hand, child, come with me It's to a castle I will take you Well, what's to be, they say, will be me I guess the wind says, been sail away, leave the day way up high in the sky And all but the wind won't blow, we really shouldn't go, we got to show Are still as new. And 
Happiness is what you need so Well, that was What Is and What Should Never Be. Now, on to the tidbits about the song. Now, obviously, I researched this, so this is none of my information. The first information, this, the trivia and the facts I give you, somebody else did the work. I mean, we, me and the wife did the work by looking it up and seeing what they said and writing it down. So we didn't really steal what they did. If if we were writing an article for uh, writing an article, if we were writing a paper for school, they would be like, I wanted it in your own words. So these are like cliff notes that other people think, and, and I turn them into my own thing. That we're not in school, so unless someone's going to steal me over, uh, sue me over some words they wrote, I'm using you know other people's words because well, that's what how research is. I always used to get mad in school. Yeah, I understand. Don't write it word for word, but they're like, this is too similar to what I saw in the encyclopedia. Well, yeah. I mean, back then, imagine this is the '80s. Didn't have the internet. All you had was encyclopedias. So if my article, if my pa- if my paper or my report sounded a little bit like the encyclopedia, it was because I fucking used the encyclopedia. I mean, I, it, it, what do you want me to do? I didn't have twenty thousand things to look for, so I could combine a bunch of stuff into my own words. I had like one encyclopedia in the library, and then I had to fight Jeremy and John over the damn encyclopedia. You know. MN through OP or whatever because the library didn't have enough. So, you know, I you see, I'm going on a rant about school, and I haven't been in school, and so I'm almost 51 years old. I'll be 51 years old in like a month or two. Well, November. So here I am bitching about school. I got a lot of problems inside, uh, a lot of pent-up energy. Uh, not energy, anger. Pent-up anger about things. So, whew. anyway, this is one of the first songs that, uh, that Paige used his uh, signature... Gibson guitars and uh, made use of the stereo uh, uh, for the guitar. You know the way it could move from one track to the you know one you know, the one speaker to the next speaker. And Rick Rubin, who once once again, not Clive Davis, 
Not someone who is a pompous asshole who, well, this doesn't not this music's not the way I like it, so I wouldn't put it on my album, you know, like he did with Meatloaf. Um, Rick Rubin, who I think is a genius. Now he's a genius. I mean, he's worked with rap stars, metal stars, rock stars. Rick Rubin knows this stuff. If you if you work with so many different genres of music, you know music. If you can work with all the different bands and have great classic albums come out of those bands, um you are a genius. So Rick Rubin, whose name you'll hear a lot tonight and in the future, um, he said this is one of their most psychedelic songs, which I do agree does have that psychedelic feel. So Mr. Rick Rubin, I applaud you. Mr. Rick Rubin, I worship you. Mr. Rick Rubin, please don't get the police involved. I don't really worship you at all. Um, now here's the weird part, though. What is and what should never be. I I I understand, you know, but uh, the lyrics represent. This is here's the weird part. Uh, a romance. This is a song based on a romance between Jimmy Page and his sister-in-law. So not only was he uh, now, I don't know if he was cheating on his wife with the sister, or if he had a romance with the sister. Before he married his wife, and it's just because there's now it is his sister-in-law. So it sounds a little weird when you read it, but you don't know the context. But yes, it was a romance that he had between his sister-in-law and himself. So why it says what it is and what should never be, I'm assuming he had an affair with his sister, which I guess sister-in-law, not his sister. Ooh, almost got him in trouble. His sister-in-law. It must have been why he was married. So I guess, you know, if you don't, if you want to have an affair and be lazy, you know, hit the sister-in-law while she's staying, you know, visiting instead of going out and trying to find someone. So I guess if you're going to have an affair, have a lazy affair and bang your sister-in-law. I don't have a sister-in-law, so ain't going to be no sister-in-law banging in this house. Um, And if I did have a sister-in-law, I wouldn't do that either because I like to live. I like breathing. Breathing's fun. All right, so with all that stupidity out of the way, God, sometimes I amaze myself and how dumb I can be. I don't know, maybe you guys find it humorous. Who knows? I'm sure you don't. So I'm going to move on. We're going to go over to track three, which now we're getting into some territory here of of uh, songs that eh, I could live without, but we'll see what you have to say. So with that being said, here is track number three, The Lemon Song. Whoop, whoop.
Well, that was the Lemon Song. Um, their live title, I don't understand, just writing what I wrote, reading you what I found on the internet. When they performed this live, they called it The Killing Floor. And then early UK pressings, I guess, of the album said The Killing Floor, which is how Plant introduced it when they played live. Like I said, that was a live title. Um, eventually, it turned into The Lemon Song. And... I'm pretty sure everybody here listening, if anybody is, knows exactly what they're talking about. Squeeze my lemon until the juice runs down my leg. 
Let me repeat that for you people who are thinking about, you know, going on the internet looking for certain pictures to go along with the idea. Squeeze my lemon until the juice runs down my leg. So we all know what this song is really about. Yes, we do. Now, this is one of the songs in the album that is okay for me. Not for me, to me. In, to my ears, to my music taste. It's okay. I don't hate it, but like I've said before on other shows, um, I could definitely hit the skip button when this one comes on. Squeeze my lemon until the juice runs down my leg. See? Sounds when you say it that way, whew, you know what it's saying. I just had to do it that way. I had to sound sexy because I don't sound sexy. I don't look sexy. I'm not sexy. So I figured this is my opportunity to say something sexy. Squeeze my lemon. So anyway, um, th- this song is okay. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, it's not because of the lyrics. I just don't like the way the song plays out. I don't like the the, the sound. Um, the lyrics, I don't care. I don't care about lyrics. You know, I I, I grew up listening to Two Live Crew go do wah diddy diddy dum diddy do, and you all know what kind of lyrics they're singing about or what they're singing about in their song. Well, hell, all their songs. So it's not the lyrics that get to me. It's just the way the song's structured, the way it sounds. It's just not one of my favorites. Like I said, I could hit the skip button. Um, not much else I can say about it, so I'm gonna move on. Squeeze my lemon. <laughs> Come here, girlie. Squeeze my lemon. God, that was awful. Okay, so on to the next. This is track four because we just did track three. <laughs> that's how we. That's how I work. One, two, three, four. Track four. It is called "Thank You." Enjoy. Days gone by 
today my world it smiles your hand in mine we walk the miles thanks to you it will be dark for you to me The sun refused to shine I would still be loving you Mountains crumble to the sea There will still be you and me Well, that was the song, Thank You. You're welcome. And this is my favorite song on the album. Um, I'm a sucker for a love song because, you know, I love someone just like everybody else does. And uh, she's very special to me. And uh, my wife's my wife. So what are you going to do? And, you know, anything that's a love song, the first thing I think of is my wife. Oh, man, you know, I I see. This is a song I can play for my wife. So if it's a song I can play for my wife then it's an awesome love song. And this song to me is my favorite on the album. Um, Rick Rubin, huh? there we go again. He said this was their best put together song. And I really agree, but I have yet to disagree with Rick Rubin. He likes the false ending because, you know, it kind of fades away and then comes back. Um, I like that too. It used to make, make you be like, oh, okay, I'm going to take the tape, you know, I'm going to, oh, wait, wait, it's not done. Um, Plant, obviously, well, not obviously, because some people don't know. This was dedicated to his wife. So, like I said, that's why it's a good love song, because Zeppelin can write good songs. Um, uh, when they play it live, they kind of extend it to uh, to showcase uh, John Paul Jones's piano skills. So it's so it runs a little longer when you do it when they did it live, I and mean, they don't do it live anymore. Um, but they would do it a little live. Um, some stations would play it right after the lemon song because there was no pause between the songs. 
So if you've ever listened to the album, you know, it, it, no, there's no, you know, after the lemon song, sorry, not after, as soon as the lemon song stopped, you know, it flowed right into this song after the lemon song. So it's kind of weird. You do a song where you're talking about squeezing the juices out of his lemon to uh, thank you. So, I mean, Hey, what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, it was, there's no pause. So radio stations used to play it together. I don't think any of the radio stations that I recall doing it, there's another song later where I do recall the song that bled in and the radio stations just played them both. But I never really heard the Lemon song on the radio. But I grew up in Georgia, so they were kind of, hey, don't put that on the radio. So now in 2001, Fred Durst and Wes Scanlon played it live at the MTV you know, European Awards. Thank you. Um, uh, Wes Scanlon, I'm not a big fan of. Fred Durst is okay. He looks like somebody's grandpa now, which I am somebody's grandpa now. Um, but you know, you have your you have this vision of him in his red hat, you know, doing his rap songs, and you know, I did it all for the nookie, the what, the nookie, the what. So it, when you see him now with the gray hair and the glasses and the windbreakers, you're like, what happened to this guy? You know, I know we all grew up and we changed the way we look, but it's just celebrities you see them one way and then when you see them a different way it changes your you're like whoa what the heck so yeah so uh we're gonna move on um get off of this fred durst stuff i mean i'm i mean i don't have a problem with fred durst he you know i don't know what kind of a person he is and you know at the end of the day i don't care what kind of a person he is he's a musician he does music uh do i like limp biscuit not everything they did um the Hot dog water and the hot dog flavored water and the starfish was a good album, but you know not not every I didn't like everything he did. Behind blue eyes though the 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 who cover that was really good. They did a good job on that. But uh, I'm not here to talk about Fred Durst and uh, Limp Biscuit. I'm here to talk about uh, Led Zeppelin. So let's get on with their next song, um, which is Heartbreaker. I do believe it's Heartbreaker. My wife wrote down Heartbroken. But I don't think it's heartbroken. It is definitely heartbreaker. So check it out, heartbreaker. Hope you like it. I'm sure you will. Here it is.
right, that was Heartbreaker by Led Zeppelin. And that's another one that, you know, I love it. Um, I like the way it, it just, Led Zeppelin makes me want to not bang my head or mosh or anything like that. But it, some of their songs make me want to drive fast. I, You know, a lot of people, oh, it makes me want to do some martial arts. For me, a good song makes me want to drive my car fast. And I love driving fast. But I can throw in certain songs and I can drive from here to the doctor's office because at my age, you see your doctor more than you see your kids. And you uh, you drive. You, I can drive slow and be perfectly fine. Get in my car and just, you know, never go over the speed limit. Just nice little cruise. And then Heartbreaker, song like that kicks in. And the next thing you know, I'm going 80 in a 30 zone. And my wife's freaking out. Slow the hell down. So... But Heartbreaker, that's a great song. Now, Rick Rubin, who is my hero this episode, um, this is one of the, that says this song has the greatest riffs in rock. And I would concur. Concur? I would agree. These are very, very awesome riffs. Steve Vai, which if you guys know Steve Vai is, he's another guitar virtuoso. He's played with uh, uh, David Lee Roth, uh, White Snake, um, of course, by himself. Steve I is a great guitar player. Um, he said this song had the biggest impact on him when he was a kid. Um, and then Eddie Van Halen said the guitar solo in this song inspired him for that tapping technique. So this song has played a lot of, you know, Steve I, Rick Rubin, Eddie Van Halen. It's played a very important part in the history of music, as you can tell. Um. A lot of people think it's the definitive rock song. It's a crowd favorite from what I understand. Like I said, I've never been to a Led Zeppelin. So anything I have in here about the song, about how it was live, I don't know offhand firsthand because I never went to a Led Zeppelin show. Never got that. Never got that. I never got the opportunity to do that. Um, In 1988, they played it live at Atlantic's 40th birthday. Uh, Jason Bonham filled in for his dad, which he's done on a couple occasions. Um, And then Paige would stretch out the guitar solo and incorporate other songs like Green Sleeves, Box, uh, B in C minor, Boria in C minor, and the 59th Street Bridge song by Simon and Garfunkel into the guitar solo. So this song pretty much got stretched when it was live um i do remember the first time i heard heartbreaker um i was at a friend's house and growing up in georgia it was mixtape city i don't know how it was in other parts of the country maybe it was the same because usually we all do the same thing anyway or somehow you know like the same knock knock jokes you know, you move up, you move to a different state, and you tell a joke. They're like, "That's an old joke, man. How'd y'all know it?" You know, because back then there was no internet, so it just shows to show you how many people moved around a lot back in the day. Because you would tell a joke, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." Or you meet somebody now, and you're like talking about your days in school, and they were from a you know five states away, but yet everything y'all did, y'all have in common. So I don't know how it was, but everything was mixtapes. You know, so I found punk music through mixtapes. Um, certain, you know, bands I found because it was on a mixtape. And some of these mixtapes were horrendous. I'm not going to lie. Some of them were horrendous. I mean, you'd have you'd have Slayer. You'd have Metallica. You'd have Motley Crue. You'd have AHA, you know, Take On. You'd have all these mixed on one tape. 
And then I guess that's what some, I guess somebody brought this up one time. And I don't know if it's true about us Gen Xers or not, because I don't really pay attention to the generation thing. Um, but someone said that the Gen Xers have a wide variety of tastes. Um, and, and I see it. You know, you know, Gen Xers like to listen to metal, pop, rap, and we don't complain uh, about it. You know, oh, that song sucks. You know, we do sometimes. Oh, that song's terrible. But for the most part, we like so much different genres of music. We like so many different genres of movies. We like so many different genres of TV shows. I guess it was because we were raised at a time where, you know, we, we're in a we're in that spot, you know, where so many things change drastically. I mean, we had rotary phones and, you know, now we're all tech savvy and we have no problems using our uh, iPhones and our Android phones and we know how to go into the phones and do things to them that, you know, so it's like, you know, I think the jet, I'm not trying to say we're better because that's not what I'm getting at. Um, We're not better than the other generations. We just have, I would say more culture. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. I don't know. I didn't go to college. I'm not, you know, I don't know a lot about, you know, I, my 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 uh, vocabulary, like I've said, is not very. Uh, uh, see, I'm looking for a word now. I don't have the greatest vocabulary, but it's just it's just like, you know, I I see kids nowadays and younger adults, you know, in their twenties, and oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. You know, I only watch horror movies. I don't like anything else. I just like horror movies, or I just like action movies, or I don't like. I just like rap. But then, and I, you know, you go to your one of your fellow Gen Xers. And you could talk about a whole vast variety of things and you all get along. I'm not saying we don't get along with other people. I'm just saying it just seems like we have more variety of tastes. So anyway, back to what I was saying. I, I can get off on tangents. Um, Heartbreaker was – I heard it on a mixtape and I was like – and this certain mixtape, I'm like, dude, that song is awesome. Let me hear it again. Next thing you know, you're taking his mixtape and making a copy of it. But my dad was in the music business, so if I ever wanted to know, because sometimes these mixtapes we would do, and we wouldn't know who they were. I know it sounds stupid thinking about it, but we'd be like, "Who is this?" You know. So I remember hearing the song, and you know, you play it for you know my dad. I play, oh, that's that's so and so, and then he would get me the album. So I was introduced to albums through my dad, but I was introduced to that album first and foremost through a mixtape. Play me the mixtape. I play the song for my dad. My dad pulled the cassette out of his collection. I copied my dad's cassette, and I listened to the whole album. Um, did I like is every album? There's a lot of songs out there I like. A lot of songs. I mean, like I just said, I like Avril Lavigne's Girlfriend. I don't like anything else on the album at all. At all, period. But I like that song. So it goes to show, you don't, you're never, you might not always like the entire album. But for this Led Zeppelin too, for the most part, you know, there's like one other song on here I'm not a big fan of, but uh, and then the Lemon song. But the Lemon song, I said the Lemon song is okay, but this song, it, um, uh, there's another song on the album that I just don't like. Period. But uh, Heartbreaker, yeah, that was a mixtaping at a friend's house and just going nuts over it, just like my God, this is awesome. They were all like, "Stop playing it over and over again, dude. What's wrong with you? Chill. Like, no, I want to hear it again. Just take it. Just take it and bring it back to me." So, yeah, that's how that went. All right, well, now we're going to move on to track six, Living, Loving, Made, and in parentheses, she's just a woman. So, uh, yeah, check it out. With a purple umbrella and a fifth-cent hand Living, loving, she's just a woman The school runs out in her age, Cadillac Living, 
Well, that was a living, loving maid. And in parentheses, she's just a woman. I like doing that in parentheses. She's just a woman. Um, This was another song that I really enjoyed. Not as much as Heartbreaker, but I enjoyed this song. Um, It had a nice, uh, I like how it flowed, which we'll get into in just a second. But now in Japan, this was a single all, all on its own. Um, this, this, like, and what I mean is this wasn't a single over here, but Japan made it a single. Um, and then what I was referring to earlier, immediately follow Heartbreaker on the radio stations in America would play them together. Because after Heartbreaker, the way it ended, and then Living Loving May just flowed right in together. So that I remember hearing on radio stations. Um, so I remember the the bleed over. From Heartbreaker to Living Loving Maid. Just like on the album. So it's like just so, you know, just flows. And they don't do that anymore nowadays. You know, Pink Floyd was pretty big on letting the song flow into the next track. And then, you know, but, you know, nowadays I don't, I'm not, I don't really listen to nowadays music. I'm, not, I'm just going to put it out there. I don't listen to a lot of new music. If I listen to anything new... And it's metal. I heard uh, Rhodes played it for me. I'm not. I, I don't listen to new music. And it's not because, like I said, it's not because rock is dead. It may be on life support, but it's not dead. But there's still rock bands out there. There's still metal bands out there. But I just don't listen to them. I don't know why. I guess I'm just a stuffy old man, and that's why this is Grandpa's playlist, and not a young man's playlist. So, but um, it, it, I really like the song. Um, so you better lay your money down. I just love this song. Um, now, as much as I love the song, Jimmy Page does not. It's never played in. He's never. They never played it in concert because it was his least favorite song. So everybody else is sitting around jamming to "Live and Love and Made" and being like, "This song rocks." Well, not a, but not to Jimmy Page. It doesn't. Which is, I always found that weird. I don't know. You know, is it because I've never been in a band, so I don't know. I love music, but I've never been able to play it. Um, I, I want to try, but at my age, it's not just. I'd like to get a drum set and, and play drums, but I got arthritis. Your your body's in bad shape. It's just, I'm it, it, having a band playing an instrument has surpassed me. If I didn't have the arthritis in my hands and whatnot, I'd probably try. But it's just, I it, when I play guitar here, I'll play a couple songs. I have to stop playing, and my arms, my arms and my hands start start hurting. So if I can't even play Guitar Hero. Or rock band. I can't play a real instrument, so I'm not even going to try. But uh, it's pretty... I don't know what it's like to be in a band. So I don't know. You, you get together, you write these songs, and then you put them on an album. And then you're like, oh, I don't want to do that one. I don't like that one. How do you release a song you don't like? I can see you being like, oh, I'm getting tired of playing it all the time. Oh, my God. All we ever play is Freebird. Let's not play it this time. Okay. I understand getting tired of playing it. But to just not like the song... And not play it because you don't like it. It just always made me think, well, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. I mean, but I guess, you know, some actors don't watch their own movies, some music. But, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I like movies, too. But I don't really get it. I don't really like when actors say that. Oh, I don't watch my own movies because I see my mistakes. And I just, okay, I get that you see your mistakes. But watch the movie. I mean, it just because, you know... You're doing your parts, you know, watch the movie, see it all put together. You know, I, I, some people don't like seeing themselves on there, but it's, you know, I listen to my own shows. I watch my own shows. I watch my show on B-Movie TV. I listen to this show. 
you know, I watch my other uh, podcasts, you know, I don't watch them right away because I did them, but I eventually watch them. I don't got a problem. I mean, I'm goofy looking and I'm old and I'm fat and, you know, I, I like to, I, I can even laugh at myself, but uh, doesn't, you know, I don't like, uh, I can't watch myself. It's just not right. I don't do that. I can listen to myself, watch myself and do any of that stuff. Anyway, let's get on to the next track, which is number seven. If for those not keeping track, number seven, ramble on. Enjoy. Happened to know. I guess I'll keep on rambling. 
All right, that was track seven, Ramble On. That's another one that I... It, I like it better than the Lemon Song, but it's not one of my favorites. Um, it is a good song, but it's one of those... Every, it depends on my mood. It depends on my mood. Sometimes I can skip. Sometimes I'll listen to it and, and, and sing along. So it's. I guess it. I guess for me, it depends on my mood. Lemon song, I could skip every time. I mean, like I said, it's not bad. It's not the lyrics. It's just, I don't like the way the song's put together. So for me, that one, that one, I could skip. This one, I can skip sometimes. Um, now, if you pay attention to the lyrics, some of these lyrics were inspired by uh, Tolkien, uh, Lord of the Rings, because they reference Mordor, Gollum, the evil one, which. When you get to Led Zeppelin 4, you know, and you hear about the lore of Led Zeppelin with all the Satanism and this, that, and the other, you know, they like to, they're they're a different breed of musician for back in the day. Um, they've never performed the whole song, uh, 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 they had never performed the whole song live until 2007. It was a tribute concert for a music producer, I do believe. Once again, Jason Bonham filled in for his dad. Um, but that was the first time they played the whole song live. Now I don't know the. This was just a little tidbit trivia thing. I don't know. You know, did they did they perform part of the song and do like a, you know, put like three or four songs together, and uh, you know, a medley? Did they do it in a medley or live? Because some bands would do that. You know, let's take some of our popular songs, cut them down, string them together, and do a medley. Medley, medley. I, I you, you know what I'm saying. So I don't know if Ramble On was one of those. And then in 2007, they performed the whole song. I don't know. Like I said, there's not a lot about Led Zeppelin that I know. I mean, yeah, I saw I saw uh, the song Remains the Same. I mean, you know, the, that was the movie, I do believe. The song Remains the Same. But I, it's been so long since I saw it. I don't remember if they did a medley. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Um, I probably should go back and watch The Song Remains the Same. Makes me think I should have went back and watched it before I did this episode. But... I like to I like to be natural here. I don't like to practice. You know, I write down notes so I'm not sitting here babbling, even though I do babble. But I like to feel the real, the raw. I don't I don't want to feel like I've scripted this out. You know, so I like to be natural, um, natural feeling. At least that's how I like to do it. You know, if you like to do it a different way and plan it out and stage it out, that's cool too. Because everybody's got their own way of doing things. But I just like to go off the cuff. That's why sometimes you may be like, "What's this guy going on about? Shut the hell up." Or, oh man, that's pretty interesting. So, I don't know. Everybody's different. But yeah, Ramble On, it's not a bad song. It's not a bad song. So, now we're getting into one of the classic instrumentals from Led Zeppelin. So, uh, sit back, really enjoy this one. This is, just sit back and really enjoy this one. This one is track eight, and it's called Moby Dick. Here you go.
All right. Well, that was Moby Dick. And uh, there's not going to be much I can say about this. I'm going to say some things and then I'm going to move on to the next song because there's no lyrics. But this drum solo is like one of the best. Now, a lot of people think John Bonham is one of the greatest drummers. And for what he had, when I watch and I see what he does with such a small drum set, um, he is amazing. I think he is an amazing drummer. He's not my favorite, but he is amazing. I have to go with Pert and Rush. I love Neil Pert. Yeah, that guy, he's got a huge drum set. A drum set that looks like they put a, build it around him because there's drums all the way. 360s. All those, all those, all the way around drums. And he plays them really good. Neil Pert is my favorite drummer. But I'm not taking anything away from John Bonham. He is awesome. And Moby Dick is an awesome song. It's another song you listen to in the car. Now, this is the kind of car you want to groove the song. Sorry, it's not car, song. You want to groove to. So instead of me flying down the road, I'm doing like half speed. Like if the speed limit's 40, I'm doing 50. And I'm just smooth. It just, yeah, I'm cool, man. Put on the shades, crack open the sunroof, and just jamming. Just smooth jamming. I love this drum solo. And like I said, it was, you know, Considered the greatest drum solo of all time. Like I said, I feel I prefer Neil Peart, but I'm not taking anything away from this drum solo. It is freaking awesome. Um, in 1970, at the Royal Albert Hall, they performed a 15-minute version of this song. But he has played this up to 30 minutes. Can you imagine stretching out Moby Dick for 30 minutes? Oh my! Hey, it gives the everybody else a nice break. So you got to you know wait for that long Jimmy Page. Uh, solo to get your break, but man, I can't imagine, you know, a 30 minute drum solo. That's crazy. That's just crazy. But since there's no lyrics, there's not much for me to say. Um, it's a good song. Um, if it, 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 I'm sure Moby, and I didn't find anything, but I'm sure Moby Dick is, had inspired quite a few drummers in their day. Um, I'm sure Neil Peart was already drumming at the time because this was 69. Rush came out in the 70s. So I'm sure, I'm sure Peart loved Bonham. But I doubt it was his influence. But man, yeah, he could play. His son, Jason Bonham, plays awesome. He he was in a band. I can't remember the name of the band. It, uh, but uh, I'll have to. Maybe I'll do that album one day, or maybe I'll do a mixtape special and I'll do that do that song. Um, but it was like time pieces or something. I can't remember the name of the album. The album cover shows the people in a in a pool hall and they're like floating in the air. I I can't remember. I'd look it up on my phone, but I'm just too damn lazy to look. And I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, waste any more time, any of your precious time. My time's not precious at all. But, uh, yeah, it was Moby Dick. And you know what? I am. I'm going to ramble on here for a second. Ramble on. And I'm going to look it up because now it's going to eat me up inside. And I don't want to be eaten up inside. And because this is a new day and a new age, I can, you know, back in the day, you you had to get someone to go run off to the library and research in those, you know, and fight somebody over an encyclopedia. Here, you don't have to do that because, you know, we've got uh, the internet. So as I look here, I found Jason Bonham, but I'm trying to find what uh, band he was in. I'm going to kick myself in the ass when I find the name of the band because it's going to piss me off. Um, But he was in a band called, see, told you I was going to, I was going to be pissed off. The band was called Bonham. It was just, it was called Bonham. See? Disregard of Timekeeping was the album. So it was Disregard of, it was the Disregard of 
timekeeping by Bonham. And yeah, they were in a bar and one guy was floating and the others were just sitting there. But yeah, and the name of the song was uh, Wait For You. You know, maybe I'll do that song on a mixtape, but the band was called Bonham. Shows you how much of a moron I am. What band was Jason Bonham in again? Bonham, you idiot. See, old age. It's old age. Old age gets you to forget things. And that's what I did. I forgot. So, but anyway, there I go rambling. Don't get old, folks. I mean, you have no choice. And I'm not condoning to leave this planet before your time. That's not what I'm saying. But, man, getting old sucks. Getting old sucks. I'm not going to get into it. It just sucks. So, anyway, that was the great Moby Dick. Now, we're heading into track nine, the last track on the album. So, sit back and enjoy Bring It On Home.
All right, well, that was the final song of the album called Bring It On Home. And Moby Dick is where I usually stop the tape. CD, album, cassette, however you want to call it. The 8-track. Um, this song, I don't like it all. Um, I don't know why. It just I've heard it millions of times over the decades and it just still even when i was putting the you know uh, when i was uh when i threw my cd in the computer to rip the mp3s i still was like ugh do i have to include it yes yes you do it's part of the album don't be an asshole so this song i don't like but here's some information for you this was another song they were sued for by willie dixon willie dixon wrote the song that sunny boy williams performed now so willie dixon wrote it Sonny Boy Williams performed it. Now, why, while Led Zeppelin claimed the copy parts were really a tribute, which I said, you know, tributes, you know, homage, fine line, the band still settled for an undisclosed amount and gave him credit on the remaster. So when it got re-released later, um, they put Willie Dixon's name on there. And I do believe Sonny Boy Williams, too. I'm not sure which. Um, but they settled. So there was a lawsuit, but this one, there was no win. It just... Here, we'll give you this and we'll move on. Um, so, yeah, this was another, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line between paying homage and just flat out stealing. Um, some A musician isn't going to see it that way. Like that meme I posted the other day, enter light, exit night, we're going to sue a cover band. And then my good buddy uh, Richard Clark wrote, uh, sent me a thing, sharing's fun unless it's yours. Um, yeah, Napster messed a lot of things up, but you know, if you're a millionaire squabbling over money, I tend to not have a lot of sympathy for you. Yeah. You just made, you know, you went on tour, you did an album, you made like $50 million and you're squabbling over, you know, 20,000 people sharing your song. Now I know it was more than that, but they're not hurting. Napster didn't hurt them. People are still sharing music. Hell, musicians are getting screwed left and right now because of streaming services, getting paid pennies per play. You know, so I mean, they might as well just be sharing it. Um, I know people work hard and they write songs and they make movies and they work hard and they want to make money. I'm not saying you shouldn't be making money. I'm just saying sometimes you get a little overboard and you become alarmist. Oh, it's going to kill the music industry. Yeah. When VHS, when Beta came out, oh, it's gonna it's gonna mess up the movie industry. Oh, VHS is better than Beta. It's gonna mess up the movie industry. Oh my gosh, DVDs. That's okay. We can we can put copyright. Oh, they figured out how to break the copyright protection on DVDs. It's gonna kill the industry. COVID killed the industry almost, but people swapping tapes and cassettes and burning stuff. It didn't kill nothing. Look, I've I've downloaded stuff before we all have. And when I see something I like, I buy it. Like uh the movie Glorious, if you watch Crossing the Streams. Um, that movie was really good. I'll probably buy it if it comes out on Blu-ray. Because they deserve my money. Yeah, they got a little bit of money for streaming on Shutter, but I really want to help them out, so I'm gonna buy the whole thing. So so you know, just because you know, a lot of people who got stuff downloaded. They eventually bought it because they could have had a bad copy. Oh, I downloaded a copy of this movie. It was the movie was awesome. My copy's terrible. I'm gonna run out and buy it. So sometimes it does it didn't hurt the industry. But we're not here to discuss that, or you know, we're here to discuss Led Zeppelin, which for the most part, I didn't like that song. So I don't really have anything to say, because I already did. 
So that was the 1969 Led Zeppelin II, which obviously I didn't mention, but I'm sure you figured it out by now. It is their second album. Um, and I think it is one of their best. Um, will I do other uh, Led Zeppelin songs? Yes, I will. Or songs, albums? Yes, I will. But there's so much music I can choose from for this show. It's going to get spread out, you know. Um, next week, well, not next week, because Rhodes is on next week with another fine episode of Rhodes on the Rocks. But I will be back the following week, and I've got a special treat for people. Maybe British people, not so much. But for people in the United States, especially nowadays, um, it's a band that people might not be aware of this album. So I'm excited to get recording and do that one and get it out to you. Um, so that's my show for the week or for this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, it's a, like I said, it's a great album. If you, if this is the first time you're hearing this album, I suggest you go out and get it. Like literally spend some money on it. Yeah, I know you're probably going to want to, the new kids nowadays are just streaming. That's the way to go. Like just stream it, just stream it, man. Don't go out and buy it. Just stream it. Stream is the way to go. Grandpa. Who needs physical media anymore when you can stream it, baby? So, yeah, I would say buy this album, even if you're buying it digitally, because, yeah, man, physical media is dinosaurs. Don't be buying that physical media, man. Digital's the way to go. Um, Daddy-o. She's just a woman. Now I'm really rambling. So anyway, yeah, if you really, if you like this album, go out and get it. And if you've heard it before, you probably already own it. Um, like I said, I had it on CD, or I have it on CD because I do it in the computer to rip the MP3s for you. Um, got a huge collection of albums, um, lots of CDs. Um, I love music. I've said that once. I say it again. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy the show. Um, don't forget to check me out Saturdays with the Music Moment, my other music show, over on B Movie TV, which is available only on the Roku. So you can check me out there. Eventually, at some point, hopefully, I'll have another episode of Sci-Fi Sideshow over there. I do that. Uh, when I'm not on, then it's Poe. But hopefully, there'll be a new one soon. Who knows? Um, you can also check out my YouTube channel, where I don't do much, because I don't have a lot of subscribers. But if I get some more subscribers, I might do some more stuff. Um, get myself out there and make a fool. Um, it's Grandpa the Nerd over on YouTube. Uh, YouTube. YouTube. Grandpa the Nerd. And then I've got my shows here on Rabbit and Red, Living in the Past. Um, I also do Film Junkies with Poe. Hopefully soon I'll be on an episode of Mind Jack because I want to get together with Joey T. And uh, don't forget to also check out Rabbit and Red TV. Head over to the Rabbit and the Red Radio website. and There'll be a link on the page for the Rabbit and Red television. Um, it's great. It's got great movies, great shows. Maybe you'll get. Maybe you'll be lucky enough to see an episode with Skippy. Now, if you don't know who Skippy is, you need to. Skippy is the bomb. I really want Michael J. to do a short film about how Skippy's been doing all this time and show him as he is now. Skippy needs a film. Skippy, he doesn't have to make a big, huge blockbuster motion picture. Just a little short film. You know, show Skippy sitting out on a porch. You know, Skippy's a character I would like to see. Skippy needs a podcast. Skippy's the man. Like I said, if you don't know what I'm talking about, check it out. Um, And then, once again, I cannot say enough about John Rhodes. 
So check out Roach on the Rocks next week. And for the ones you miss, head over to the On Demand. Hey, for the Grandpa's playlists that you miss, you can check it out over On Demand. So um, I'd like to thank you for listening. I'm looking forward to the next episode. Like I said, it's going to be a great episode. It's going to be one. It's a rare album. I consider it a rare album. Um, You may not, but I do. Some of you may be like, holy crap, I didn't know this thing existed. So I'm looking forward to that. So I hope you enjoy Led Zeppelin too. I hope you enjoy the time that I spent with you. I know it's more about the music and less about me. I just want to bring you music, either music that you already like or music that you've never heard of. Um, Music's dying in a a sense. Um, People are forgetting old albums. That's why the next week's is an even special one for me. Um, because people, they're not forgetting, music's not dying, they're just forgetting stuff. You know, the, you listen to a classic rock station and it goes from the Rolling Stones to Guns N' Roses and you're like, well, there's a lot of music in between that's getting lost in the cracks. And that's what I want to do with this show. I mean, yeah, Led Zeppelin is not one that's going to get lost in the cracks because even to this day, people, you know, Led Zeppelin, but here's the thing. When, you, when you're watching, when you're looking on the internet and you see all these new kids finding out that, you know, masters of puppet, master of puppets. Or, oh my God, this song is awesome. It's been awesome for like 30 years. Why all of a sudden? And that's what kind of made me want to do this show. There's music out there that people need to remember is out there. This one maybe is not so much, but next week's is definitely previous week with bad out of hell. There's probably a lot of people. So you're going to hear stuff on here. You may be like, wow, I'm not going to stick to just old stuff, but I'm going to start off bringing back some of the classics to the forefront let's not forget where we came from musically so even the music today even if it's a band i don't like it's they were influenced by somebody who was influenced by the old guys so let's bring back some let's let's show our appreciation for the old guys so that being said and i did my promos um oh don't forget to uh, check us out on patreon uh rabbit and red radio network one i think it is um, there was, I'm sure Michael J's got a, before the show started, there was a thing, but yeah, check us out on Patreon. It's $2 a month. And then there's a $5 a month tier. Um, so check it out, you know, help us grow. And we can only do so much to grow. We make the content, but we need people to, you know, get out there listen to it, spread the word. So, uh, join the Patreon, help us out. And uh, don't forget all the other great shows on Rabbit and Red. I already pointed out Roads on the Rocks. You got the ne'er-do-wells with uh, those guys, um, Poe and Tyree and uh, Normal Cody. Uh, they got a great show, ne'er-do-wells. Poe does a lot of stuff on the network, interviews people, Poe po talks, his soapbox over on Patreon. Can't go wrong with Poe. Poe's talented man. Um, he, he has great stuff. Um, also, Mind Jacked with... Uh, Michael J and Joey T. So like I said, I'm trying to get on there and do an episode with them. That's some good stuff too. Conspiracy theories are real. And uh, Crossing the Streams with Cody. Don't forget Crossing the Streams with Cody. I love doing the show with Cody. Cody is an awesome dude, man. I just, everybody involved, everybody that I've met through Rabbit in the Red, awesome people, awesome people. So that being said, hey guys, you guys have a great you guys have a great weekend and I'll see you next time. All right guys, that wraps up another episode of Grandpa's Playlist. Until we meet again, remember, music is the one thing that truly can bring us all together. This is Grandpa the Nerd signing off.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.